The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to It Came From The Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me via virtual distancing is none other than senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Hello, fun seekers. <laughs> so on this week's show, we're going to have our uh, Jaybird and Lee segment. We have uh, Pronto Comics, Dominic, Dominic Definition Man Sperano with his... It's, we're audio show, yet the video I'm recording, virtual distancing, I have a, a senior correspondent, Charlie Saldino, with a mask on. That's very funny. I'm, I'm being socially <laughs> distancing to my camera. <laughs> so we have the Jaybird and Lee segment, our comic pick of the week, and I have an interview with a CreatorCon organize, event organizer, Phil Russert. Um, but before we do any of that, we're going to take it away with the news. The news. <laughs> the news is brought to you in part by the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 25 years of pop cultureness and comic book stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention, in theory, will be on May 1st and May 2nd of 2021. Also want to give our shout-outs for our Patreons. Of this which- is my favorite part, because you know I'm waiting for that name. <laughs> Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unji Kun, I love that! Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin and Ray. Uh, if you guys want to have your own little shout out, go to www.patreon.com and just for a dollar a month, you can get a shout out on our show. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, so let's take it away with the news. Uh, start with the sad news, as we always do. Actor David Hemblin died recently. Uh, as of this recording, no cause of death has been announced. Uh, Dave appeared in such shows, uh, TV shows slash films as La Femme Nikita, the TV series, Captain Power, and The Soldiers of the Future. I loved that show. Uh, TNT, Tech War, Tech Lords, Earth Final Conflict, Pocahontas the Legend, Family Viewing, and X-Men, the animated series from 1992 to 1997. Um, I know you didn't uh, watch uh, the X-Men cartoon, but he played Magneto. And um, uh, did you watch uh, Captain Power and Soldiers of the Future? Or that's not even your time frame either? No. Um, that show was, a, it was written by Michael J. Straczynski. That's the guy who wrote um, uh, Babylon 5. He was a big time sci-fi writer. Um, it was a kid's show, but it wasn't aimed at kids. It was a very uh, post-apocalyptic, futuristic show. It was live action. And what made it uh, significant was that it was the first show that had a computer-generated character as the villain. Um, and at the time, it had a gimmick of the show, which was it had light-sensitive technology on the TV where you bought the toy, and the toy was like a spaceship and had like a gun, and you used to shoot at targets on the screen, and it used to register if you scored points on your toy. And then at some points wow. during the episode, the bad guys used to, you know, firing, and sometimes they shot at the screen, and the sensor on the toy could pick up getting shot, and it ejected the figure from the from the from the ship. It was really cool. So wow, yeah, wow. 
And like I said, it was a groundbreaking show and it was really good at the time and it ended on an amazing cliffhanger. So if you guys can check it out, uh, he played the main villain on that. Uh, it was Captain Power wow. and the of the Future. Uh, he was 79. Wow. Yeah, it was, a, it was a big deal when I was a kid when I saw it. Well, remind me to tell you something that after you, uh, after you finish that sad news about, about that. All right. So, uh, so he was 79. So from the desk of Charlie Saladino, what do you got? I'm saying what a jump from uh, Coco to Clown when I was a kid. <laughs> that, that was, I don't know if you, you have probably no idea, but Coco to Clown, they used to sell um, a sheet. A, a transparent sheet oh that you put over the TV TV screen and they would tell you what to connect and draw <laughs> on the sheet and then you know but the problem with that is they had to put a warning like kids unless you have the sheet too many kids were writing on, on the TV. TV screen <laughs> yeah but I'm saying what a jump from that <laughs> yes yes <laughs> Wow. Um, moving on for more sad news. Um, actress Kay Morley also died recently, once again, as of this recording, uh, which is uh, November 25th, for you paying attention. The cause of death is unknown. Uh, Kay starred in such B films, she was a B film actress, as Sealed Cargo, Trails End, Letter from an Unknown Woman, Secret Beyond the Door, Code of the Saddle. The Princess and the Pirate, show business and up in arms, just to name a few. She was 100 years old, so she made it to 100 years old. Uh, any of those, yes, any of those um, films uh, ring a bell to you, Charlie? Because that was old-time B-movies. Um, you know what? You know what the, the problem with that is? I probably saw them. <laughs> but you don't but remember I, the name. I don't, I don't remember. If I see them, I'll go, oh, yeah, all right. That thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because back in the day, when the mom-and-pop video stores... I used to rent all of them. And so I had to definitely see at least two of those, two right. or three of those. So um, because I just rented them, never remembered the titles. But uh, yeah, I, I probably have seen several of those. A hundred. God bless her. Yeah. Wow. Um, so moving on for more sad news. Um, wow. Actor Kirby Robert Morrow also died recently. Once again, as of this recording, no cause of death has been announced. Uh, Kirby appeared in numerous films, video games, and TV shows of both the live action and animated variety, such as, here we go, <gasps> Stand Against Fear, Viper, Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation, Playing to Win a Moment of Truth, Storm Chasers, Revenge of the Twister, Highlander the Raven, Stargate SG-1, Hunt for the Unicorn Killer, Seven Days, Stargate Atlantis, Something Evil Comes, Supernatural, Spooksville, Van Helsing, Z-Mine, Dragon Ball Z, In Inunasha, Transformers Armada, Transformers Energon, Transformers Cybertron, Mobile Suit Gundam, Seed Destiny, Death Note, Brats of the Lost Nebula, Hot Wheel Acceleracers, Kong the Animated Series, X-Men Evolution, Alienators, the Evolution Continues, Team Galaxy, Lego Star Wars, the, Yo the Yodel Chronicles, Lego Star Wars, Droid Tales, Barbie in the Nutcracker, Escape from Planet Earth, Dynasty Warriors, Gundam 2 and 3, just to name a few. Woo! <laughs> I saw all of them. <laughs> uh, as a side note, Kirby is the second Cyclops voice actor to die this year. A few, wow. a few months ago, the other from the X-Men 90 cartoon, of which Magneto just died, the actor who played Cyclops and who was the voice of Cyclops in the video games wow. also died this year. So not a good year for Cyclops or X-Men. Um, wow. he, he was a, a young 47. Oh, hey. Yeah. That's not allowed. 
So this is a weird transition from a sad news to sort of sad news department. So uh, from the deadly game show department, a male contestant on a revival of the game show Wipeout has died after completing the obstacle course. The contestant, who as of this recording has not been identified except for his gender, needed medical attention after completing after competing last week. The man was treated by on-site emergency medical personnel. They then called the paramedics. The contestant was taken to the hospital, and then he died. Um, execs say, <clears throat> we are devastated to have learned of this, and our heartfelt condolences go to the family, and our thoughts are with them at this time. Uh, the show halted production uh, for the rest of the week. And of note, all the show's contestants undergo medical examination before being cleared to participate. So that's yeah, weird. Right? There is had to be some freak thing like a, a valve clog or something. Yeah, it's uh, something very freaky, like an aneurysm or, or something weird like that. So you're familiar with the show Wipeout? It's like they had like an obstacle course and I, people. Yeah, yeah, I know it. I mean, you know. It's it's um, I guess the 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 parody version of um of the American Ninja Warrior because like right like, exactly yeah. exactly so and who hosts that there's a American Ninja Warrior no 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 Wipeout there's uh um oh no idea God. I don't watch the show so I don't know no idea that's a deal with no eyes what are you talking about <laughs> no idea. <laughs> All right, never mind. I, I feel bad for that guy. How old was this gentleman? It doesn't. They don't say it. nothing. Just that he died. That's all the information they have right now. Wow. Um, wow. New episodes of the show are set to air sometime in 2021. So that's just kind of wild how that how that happened. Um, wow. Moving on for for the happier news, I guess in theory, uh, from the I had the time of my life again department. Actress Jennifer Grey is set to reprise her role as Baby Hausman in a Dirty Dancing sequel, which she is also set to executive produce. Uh, Jennifer says, The original film was about innocence and the way innocence is lost and how people explode into different iterations of themselves. Um, wow. it's, it's appeal Jennifer was that... Has, <laughs> Jennifer has a thyroid problem. <laughs> it's appeal was that it was very genuine and simple. Uh, when asked about moving forward without her co-star, the late Patrick Swayze, Jennifer says, all I can say is that there is no replacing anyone who's passed. You never try to repeat anything like that's magic. Um, you just go on for something different. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, the first film, which came out 33 years ago, centered around a girl who fell in love with her dance instructor. It spawned a TV series, a TV movie remake, a musical, a 2004 sidequel called Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Yes, I was just going to mention that. Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights, and, and um, like Swayze was in that one. Yeah, he showed up. I think he had like a cameo at the end. It was like they just, no, no. He was in the minute he teaches really? her how to. Really? Yeah. She walks into one room in the hotel where he's just finishing practicing. And then he shows her all these dance moves. It's a big segment. Wow. I thought he just had a cameo at the very end. Wow, that's kind of no. cool. No, he there was a big dancing instructing thing that he was showing her wow. how to move and stuff. Yeah, because she walked in um, to this big room in that hotel where she was. Wow. And uh, the only reason I know that is because it was just on a couple of weeks ago. Oh, because I'm like, I didn't see the. I didn't yeah, see and, I, and I says, wow, there's nothing like Dirty Dance. And then all of a sudden, Patrick Swayze was there. I said, I guess that was the ad validity. 
to the to the show. Yeah, and so now she's gonna make it as herself. So who knows what they're gonna do? Uh, the the, yeah. the the story is kept under wraps, but she's she's gonna make it. So that's kind of cool. I wonder um, if that dad's gonna be in it. No, uh, Jerry Orbach. He died. No, Dad, Joe Gray. Welcome. Oh, welcome. <laughs> I thought you meant her you know, father in the movie. I was like, no, oh, he died. no, I, I did <laughs> mean her father, the real father. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, moving on. Uh, speaking of Dirty Dancing, from the Somebody Put Disney in the Corner department, uh, Warner Brothers has made their big move by announcing that Wonder Woman Part 2 will open this year on Christmas Day simultaneously in both theaters and on a new streaming service, HBO Max. Uh, executives say, <clears throat> as we navigate these unprecedented times, we've had to be innovative in keeping our business moving forward while continuing to super serve our fans. This is an amazing film that really comes to life on a big screen and working with our partners in the exhibition community. Exhibition? All right, uh, community. We will provide <laughs> that an option to customers in the U.S. where theaters are open. We realize that a lot of customers can't go back to the movies due to the pandemic, so we want to give them the option to see One Woman 1984 on our platform, HBO Max. Uh, for those of you not paying attention, the sequel was originally set to be released last fall in 2019, and then was pushed back to June of this year, 2020, only to be pulled indefinitely due to, due to the ongoing pandemic. What makes this interesting is that they've been holding on to this movie because it's supposed to be a really big moneymaker. And as we all know, that got to put it in the theaters to make that money. And if you yeah. put it on a platform, you're not making that money. So Disney, if you remember, we talked about this, they put Mulan out, but you had to have the streaming service and then pay an additional $30 to watch the movie. So now they're putting this out as long as you have the service for quote unquote for free or you can go see it in the theaters, which are not a lot of people going to do. So now Disney, it puts them in a corner like what are they going to do with Black Widow? Because that's their big female movie that yeah. was supposed to come out this year. It was supposed to be the big fight. I can't wait for Black Widow. I can't wait to see her in that outfit again. So isn't it weird? Like, I mean, I've, I've talked about this many times before how. Uh, movie theaters and the movie theater companies, you know, the, the movie companies don't like each other because the movie companies yeah. don't like giving the movies to the movie theaters. They just want to release it on digital and make the money there because it cuts out the middleman. Yes, but, exactly. And, and we've talked about how this right here, if this does well, somehow, some way, it's going to change how movies are being released, even if they come back, when they come back. It's a very interesting, weird kind of thing. So now Disney has the option. Well, we can't charge anymore because if Disney charges $30 or something for Black Widow or any other movie, that's going to be a political nightmare for them. A, 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 a political PR, a public relations nightmare. I just think let's let's open drive-ins again. Seriously. I mean, we're in the winter where the winter time is coming. So that might be even more difficult now. But well, it's, just, it's just weird. It's very weird. You know what? You can have a drive-in in a tented area. They can make a tent. You Nobody's saying you have to get 15 million cars in there. You know, just show the movie over and over again. Yeah. As many times during uh, the night as you can. Yeah. Um, so moving on, speaking of movies, from the Hey, We're Still Showing Movies department, uh, Freaky, 
the body swap horror film once again topped the box office for a second week in a row, pulling in an additional $1.2 million this past weekend, bringing its total for two weeks for $5.7 million. To put things into perspective, this time last year, Frozen Part 2 opened at the box office with $130 million. Wow. Executives say, with the continuing surge of the virus this fall, another round of lockdowns and curfews are impacting theaters on a regional basis. Business is down sharply from last weekend and a result of temporary closures, even for films that have proven to hold quite well over the past few months. So it's weird how movies are still coming out. Movies that's made a million a couple million dollars but it's weird how last year 130 million dollars was number one and this year one million dollars is number one and it's even weirder how those executives sound like miss gray (laughs) so (laughs) just saying go ahead um i think it's a it's 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 a it's an odd like we were just saying it's an odd state of affairs i'm surprised that you know i guess the business got to keep going the show must go on so put it out there well, hope the best Harry, i didn't want to see freaky do you know what freaky is by chance charlie actually i just was at the guitar center today and i grabbed last month's good times and that was the major story on it yeah so, so we're it's, back. it's yeah, yeah. We're back. it's freaky friday and Friday Thirteenth mixed together where the the killer swaps yeah. places. I think it's a really cool idea. And if yeah. there wasn't a pandemic, I would have went to see it in the theaters. Wow. Um, so moving on from the coming to an Amazon Prime near you. Speaking of movie theater, Paramount Pictures has announced that coming to America. That's coming the number two America, which is a sequel of the 1988 film Coming to America. Coming T O America will forego theaters entirely and launch directly and exclusively on Amazon Prime Video this March. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that film had Eddie Murphy as a pampered crown prince from the African nation of Zamunda traveling to Queens, New York, and going undercover to find a wife that he can respect for her intelligence. The sequel has original cast members including James L. Jones, Sherry Headley, John Amos, and Louis Anderson reprising their roles. Um, executives say... <clears throat> Coming to America has a cultural phenomenon that is one of the most loved and celebrated comedies of all time. Thanks to Eddie Murphy's comic genius, along with the brilliant filmmakers, writers, and cast, we couldn't be more excited to celebrate this new adventure. We know audiences around the world will fall in love with this hilarious, joyful movie that will surely become a timeless favorite. Uh, did you ever see the original uh, Coming to America, Charlie? Uh, not only saw it, but um, saw the location of uh, that McDonald's that they changed into whatever right. whatever the guy's name was they made it green and and uh and i would pass there every day because when i went to abc i took uh, queen's boulevard right so it was on queen's boulevard and i didn't know when i saw it they were making a movie and i was saying oh my god i hope mcdonald's sues that guy <laughs> because that is unbelievable <laughs> I, I said that guy probably has the biggest pair of kahunas. <laughs> I said, I got to appreciate somebody like that, but he's going to get sued to high hell. <laughs> and, and, you know, I kept, I passed it a couple of times and I'm like, you know, and then, and the then all of a out. sudden, all of a sudden, like a couple of weeks, three weeks, four weeks later was McDonald's again. I'm saying, <laughs> you see, they probably got him. <laughs> and then, then that movie came out. Uh, oh, how stupid am I? You so, um, I but only, yes, I, I like that movie. It's very funny. If, if I saw that movie, I only saw it once because I barely remember it. 
But I can say that my connection to that movie is that the girl that Eddie Murphy goes after, her sister in the movie, was married to my uncle. <laughs> Whoa! Hey, how are you? And I and I and I and met that's her. The, <laughs> that's the the one who winds up with the Jerry Curl guy. Oh, really? <laughs> Arsenio yeah, Hall. Yeah. The, the no. Oh no. no! No, no, the guy that the girl Eddie Murphy winds up with. Yeah, her first boyfriend. He was like the the Jerry curl in the movie, the Jerry curl um, oh, okay. heir to the throne. And every time his parents would sit on the couch, they get up, and the the back of the couch would be wet from the Jerry curl. You know, come I'm, on, you got to watch that. It's I'm hysterical. Almost, I'm almost ninety percent sure. I based on that description, I'm like I don't think I saw that movie. But yeah, so <laughs> my 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 uncle, uh, we had a we we met him at the airport, and um. He had the girl with her. He's like, oh yeah, that's my that's my uh, wife, and it was either wife or like serious girlfriend. And she was like, yeah, she's in that movie, coming to America. I was like, huh? How about that? It's so funny uh, because in that movie, uh, what's what's the gentleman's name that plays the uh, the girl's father? John oh, Amos. Jo yes, he. It's so funny because they talk about McDonald's suing them <laughs> in the movie. They make fun of it, but. The ironic part is he got discovered from doing a McDonald's commercial. Really? Yes. He did a way back in the day. He did a McDonald's commercial. It was like a song and dance thing. Right. And he got a lot of jobs from that. Which so I think it's ironic that, that they. Good times. Put, and of course, uh, Die Hard Part 2. Right. 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 Wow. Right. Exactly. So uh, moving on from the and the answer is department. Uh, Jeopardy has announced a temporary replacement for the show following Alex Trebek's death, and it's none other than big-time winner Ken Jennings, which when production resumes on November 30th. And while the series is not naming a full-time replacement host at this moment, Ken will be the first of several guest hosts to take the role. Executives say, Alex believed in the importance of Jeopardy and always said that he wanted the show to go on after him. We will honor Alex's legacy by continuing to produce the game he loved with smart contestants, challenging clues, and by bringing in familiar guest hosts for the foreseeable future. Our goal is to create a sense of community and continuity for viewers. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Ken holds multiple uh, Jeopardy records, which began in 2004 with a current undefeating winning streak of 74 games, the highest average correct responses per game, and has gone to be the highest earning game show contestant of all time with over $5 million in earnings. Yeah, but can he host? It's a whole different, whole different ball game. That's I'm, that's. I've seen yeah. a couple of. Uh, I remember when he was on back in the day. I'm like, I don't think he he has the right combination. Yeah, because you have you to know, be smart, but not too smart. You know who they should get? Who? And I don't know his name, but there's there's a guy on this game show called Masterminds, and this guy like knows everything, and he's real personable. He's like a. Oh, I don't know if you ever saw the show. Masterminds, no. Masterminds, and it's it's like three trivia experts against three regular people. Huh. And um, the one guy that he he like knows everything, and uh, he would be my uh, my thing. I I saw something in uh, papers about Bob Burden. Yeah, that's how I was starting to think. Like, I think he would yeah. be a great. A great he would, I would, because I would of his reading rainbow see. background that he has that he has that yeah. 
that that perfect combination of smarts, um, uh, likability, relatability. Like yes. I said, he's, he's smart, but not like I'm smarter than you. Smart. He's like, oh, that guy's kind of smart. He's, he's also smart. he's also a, a classy guy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I either him or this guy on Mastermind. So I I, I think that would be the best choice. But Labar, because this is what he does. You know, he's used to being in front of that camera. Yeah, and and you know he's he has he has a great following of like an educational background beyond him being just in um in a Star Trek like he yes, has that, I, that background. Right. And I want him to do the whole show in those glasses that he wore in Star Trek. <laughs> All right. So for the last bit of news from Lee, I want to expand my roles by limiting my roles department. Fox has announced a sixth season of Prison Break which is in development um, and would not entirely um, wait, wait, let me try that again. Fox has announced that a sixth season of prison break is in development, which quote would not feature an entirely new cast, which means they want to bring back some of the old cast members. However, shortly thereafter series star Wentworth Miller, who played Michael Schofield since 2005 made an announcement of his own. He says, <clears throat> I'm out of prison break officially. I don't want to play straight characters. Their stories have been told and told. So, no more Michael. If you were a fan of the show, hoping for additional seasons, I understand this is disappointing, and I'm sorry. Uh, for those of you who do not know, Prison Break was a TV show on Fox that ran for four seasons and a made-for-TV movie from 2005 to 2009, originally about a man who, well, breaks out of prison. Um, the show was revived by the network in 2017 for a nine-episode fifth season. Um, Wentworth Miller came out as gay in 2013 so he's a gay person who no longer wants to play non-gay roles that's mind-boggling to me like is um, it because i mean you're limiting yourself right isn't that like so i mean we've been talking about this and, for a while. and and as an actor your validity lies in you know your your versatility. Playing, you wanna... playing, yes, playing your versatility, playing all different roles. Like, look at and I can't pronounce his name. Remember the guy on um, the the great actor. I wish I could pronounce his name, but I won't mention it because I'm going to screw it up. All right, describe and it, and I'll try. I mess up names all the time, so Lord I don't mind. Rings, Lord of Rings, the King. Vigo Morrison. Yes, right. Whatever his name is. Okay. Um. He played the king on Lord of the Rings. Right. And he played it so regally and so that. And then I know you didn't see this movie, but Green Book. I did not see Green Book. You got to see him in Green Book. You never believe it was the same guy. And it's just, you know, a tribute to his, his, his acting abilities. It's like um, when I first saw him, I'm saying, yeah, he looks familiar. <laughs> And then when I realized, I said, holy moly, I said, this guy is amazing. It made him even more of a great actor. So if you don't, you know, do that, I mean, some people are locked into a role and that's, that's fine. That's fine. But if you're not locked into a role, I mean, I would go for it all. I mean, look at, uh, I'm going to go with two people um, 
speaking of a, a, a long series that locked into a role, David Haysbert, who played the president on 24, and he's like the, the Allstate guy. Like, he has a very regal yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. if you remember, he was in a Major League as the, as the guy who wanted to sacrifice a chicken. That's like completely yeah. different role. Yeah, yeah. And, like- and not for nothing, but the sexual orientation of the character didn't make a difference. So yeah, I don't yeah. understand as why a straight man would, you know, wouldn't, would have any problem playing a gay man because they have. And so yes. as a gay person, like for him drawing that line and it's not like there's tons of gay roles out there. Right. My, so well, does this mean that yeah. if he, um, so if all of a sudden it's the main character who has uh, had relations with a female in the TV series, prison break decided to become gay or, or was bisexual, then he'd be like, okay, I'll do it. It's so weird how that, that level is well, that's, preventing that's, him. That's what I was going to. Yeah, he put a, a he put a gauntlet right in front of him on the. But that's what I was going to um, say. Why doesn't they they write in the script that this guy comes out? And, you know, and it's just it's just so it's so well, maybe or, or like well, maybe maybe they suggested that and, he and said, he's like no, it's not not believable. You know, or the character. Uh, or um, Denzel Washington, like that guy's a great actor. He can do pretty much anything. Even he's yeah. in bad movies. There's and like he's still such a great actor in any type of movie he's in. Yeah, so it's, for it's him amazing. to say, "Well, I'm not going to do this type of role," or "I'm not going to do yeah. that type of role." Yeah, it's it, amazing because, like you just said, even if the movie is terrible, and and you're watching it and you say this is a terrible, when Denzel comes on and says, "Oh, hey, you know." That's now the I can best Denzel Washington impression ever that you've ever done. I, I believe Denzel was was on the show right now by that impression right there. Hey, I'm Denzel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, leave me alone, Miss Gray. <laughs> but sounded like every executive. <laughs> I just find it. It's, it's just like, I mean, we've talked about this many times. Uh, one of my favorite things that William Shatner, none other than William Shatner was like, an actor who is not working is yes. out of work. Which Why? is a great- brilliant line yeah why would you do that i mean i understand like i'm tired of playing straight guys because i'm a gay person that's an odd line to draw in my opinion yeah. like well maybe what maybe does he's it, reaching out for all the the uh production so so write him apart maybe but then now he's only gonna be cast as a gay guy in in, in movies which it doesn't the sexual orientation, unless it's crucial to the story, should not even be an issue. Yeah. You know, it's it's one yeah, of those weird I mean, things. Not, it's a very weird not, thing. And it doesn't matter what the sexual orientation a is. A lot of times it doesn't. It doesn't, yeah. It really so, doesn't. So by making this a focal point, I think it's a huge mistake. And like um, the, the, the guy from Big Bang Theory, uh, I know we're running out of time, but the guy from Big Bang Theory um, uh, the plays uh, Sheldon. Um, what's the guy's yeah. name? He's he's gay, and um, uh, Neil Patrick Harris. He's also gay, but they're playing yeah. straight characters. And, and and look at him on on um, How I Met Your Mother. Right, he's a womanizer. Right. So can you yeah, imagine? So, he's like, all right, I'm tired of playing this character. I want to play and, only gay characters. And it makes him a better actor because you go, 
wow, look at him going after these women. What a great actor because exactly, he exactly. Know. I mean, yeah. I think from what from what I understand, and I'm no actor, so actors who are listening to this, correct me if I'm wrong, is to play outside your role. Is to play against type. Yeah. Is, to, is to play yeah. the role that they give you. That's your job to do and to try to make a convincing thing. So is he saying he can't play a straight guy? I don't know. But yeah. we're almost out of time, so we got to do our final thoughts. So that's it for the news. Senior uh, correspondent Charles Al, do you have a final thought for us? Yeah, just be nice to everybody. Respect everybody's opinion. Uh, you know, it's it's you gotta erase this hate that's going on in this world. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go on. I'll go on with that. So with that, we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with we came from the radio. Back it is, guys. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer thirty and sixty second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. New comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. And now get ready for the X-Men event, Ten of Swords, from Marvel Comics. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 7, Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday from 3 to 7, and Saturday from noon to 5. So if you want the latest Marvel, DC, Image, or Independent Comics, back issues, comic book supplies, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133 for all the details. That's Cosmic comics and games of Baldwin. Thank you, and stay safe. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're here to talk about... About all the cool things that we got for Thanksgiving, even though it's not a present-giving holiday. I bought a lot of cool stuff to make food. Yeah. What did I, Okay, so what did I get so far? So we got a new blender because our old one broke. I don't remember how that broke. I think we were just putting way too much stuff on it. Yeah, so we would put a lot of yeah, we put a lot of stuff in it, and then all of a sudden it just jammed up. And I had repaired this thing a couple of times, but it's totally messed up. So I got a new one. Right? Yeah, and this one is way better because there are two different sizes you could get, like the extra large and then the the cups yeah yeah so you get these cups you get the big pitcher and then you get two other cups and you can make an individual thing kind of like a magic bullet so you could get one drink on the go and so far we've been making um smoothies yeah uh we also got a air fryer oh yes that's right we got an air fryer my new fun thing um of course uh you know i've been air frying everything and anything i can what do you like so far that i made hmm well, I made French fries in there, and that was good. We're talking about me. What do you mean? Uh-uh. What your French fries? <laughs> yes, your French fries were really good, but we tried my stuff. That's I was I was well, thinking. Well, your chicken it. was a little dry. <sighs> That's true. I did have some bad chicken. We we put I stacked it on top of each other and put it in this basket. And we air fried it, and it just didn't. It just didn't come out too good. You know, it was a first attempt. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have been better. It was better when we actually put, um, what's it called, like sauce on it, or right? Like so dressing, it was, whatever. Yeah, yeah, to disguise the dryness, we put yeah. on barbecue sauce and honey mustard and all this ketchup or whatever. Then it actually tasted good. <laughs> yes, and we ate that with your wonderful fries, which were really good. So yeah. we had one that was good and one not so good. But then I was frying everything else. I air fried fried hot dogs. And oh, those weren't that bad. Yeah, those weren't too bad, right? They were okay. I mean. Yeah, they were fine. They sort of tasted barbecued almost. Almost, right? So I had yeah. a, the timing was okay on it. 
But you also barbecued uh, buns, and I don't, and they were sort of just dry. That's the thing. I don't like dry buns. I air fried the buns, which is to make them like, toast. Yeah, to make them but toast. But it wasn't. Mm. It wasn't that good. No, but it still <laughs> looked like toast. It wasn't bad, but I guess not for you. <laughs> but then I did a knish, and that was awesome. You know? I didn't get to try that that uh, night. What did I have instead? I don't know, I but you missed out. Sorry, next time. Hey, you wouldn't give me one. Well, you were eating something else, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then on top of that, um, I tried mozzarella sticks, and those came out pretty good. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so we did a few... Di- oh, I baked cookies, remember, in there? Oh, yeah, those were amazing. Yeah, so baking I definitely cookies. recommend baking cookies in an air fryer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got the Ninja. I don't know what brand, what um, model it is, but it's got two giant baskets in it, and you could do, you know, cool things. It's almost like an infomercial I'm doing right now, but it's not. I mean, I don't, you know... <laughs> I'm not getting paid for this. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> no, but it's actually it's a really good um, thing. It's yeah, it's good. Yeah, we could you could cook almost anything in it except for like. What? Can you steam stuff in there? It says broil and dehydrate. You, apparently, you can dehydrate like fruit and make dried fruit. Oh, we should do that. Yeah, maybe we'll try that. And it says you could bake, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess we tried the cookies from the the, the instant cookies. But, yeah, you know. we'll see how the rest of it goes. <laughs> okay, and also, just more importantly, we just got this new microphones. Just so you know, I hope this sound comes out pretty good. Um, we hope you like it. Um, that was just another little infomercial type thing, I guess. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is the um, episode of ads. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but this is, we know it's after Thanksgiving, so I guess, you know, if you're going to start buying any cool stuff, definitely, like, get, you know, an air fryer. I think that's part of the things you should get. Oh, I also got a yeah. griddle. I got a griddle. Oh, you did? Yeah, for the grill. Oh, yeah. I haven't tried homemade hibachi. <laughs> homemade hibachi, that's right. I haven't tried it, so I'm supposed to put this griddle thing like you get at the diner. Or how they make food at the diner and put it on top of the barbecue. And I'm going to try pancakes and hibachi and I'll try salmon or something. So, you know, it's making me hungry. But <laughs> yeah, it's too funny. But yeah, we just thought this would be great. Anyway, um, stay safe, stay healthy and stay connected. Speak to you soon, guys. Hey, guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on breads, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to A Came From Real, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. As mentioned earlier in the program, I am speaking to, with, and about an awesome, cool guy, uh, event organizer from the Creator Con, Phil Russert. Say hi, Phil. Hey, everybody. How are you? Thanks for having me on, Mark. Oh, no problem at all. So um, welcome back to the show, uh, virtually distancing, obviously, of course. <laughs> um, you've been pretty busy since the last time uh, we had you on the show. It was, you were on, what, like... Last year, right? 2019, were you on? Uh, yeah, it was before my October show in 2019. So, what has happened between then and now? Let's 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 start with that. Uh, <laughs> a lot of nothing. Now, <laughs> a lot of everything actually. Um, so, in the absence of conventions, I of course have been branching out into other aspects of the industry. Uh, but I also did have another convention on December 6th that unfortunately 
I just found out yesterday coming down from the pipeline has to be canceled because of uh, contact restrictions and things like that and capacity restrictions. So, so you, you were going to have a show, you didn't have a show. So let's, I guess we can briefly hit on the point of why would you have a show during a pandemic and then we can move on. No, I didn't have, I had, I had no intentions of having uh, a show during the pandemic, but uh, I do a, an online, a live broadcast myself on Instagram. And um, basically the artists were donating, local artists were donating prints to the show for me for free giveaways. And every time I talked to them, they would sit there and tell me they were disappointed, their aspirations to join different uh, uh, shows this year. And they have all this inventory they're sitting on prints and books and you name it. And it just made me feel bad. So I got to thinking, what if I just did a small thing, something controlled, something contained because of the environment that these guys could go out there and they can, you know, help sell their inventory and get some exposure because some artists are really hurting right now during all of this. So um, why not do it virtually? Uh, honestly, virtually is just not the same. Uh, you don't have that interaction. You know, it's not like, uh, plus, I hate to say this, but there's impulse buying. You know, people are hungry to be out there and they're more likely to impulse buy something, you know, in person than they are online. Also, there's the interaction, getting to know the artist, meet the artist, uh, the energy that a, a, a con creates, you know, being in the room with people and the environment. So I just thought that it would be, especially being the only uh, show in the area for the year, it might garner that kind of attention to help these guys and, and women uh, sell their stuff. And we've actually uh, mentioned on the show many times that a lot of independent creators or artists, uh, they're part of the selling process. So they have to sell themselves. And it's not easy to, when you have that barrier of the Internet to get that sale across. When you have them in person, it makes a completely different situation. I agree. So um, you mentioned that you have your own uh, show on Instagram. So what's that about? So I started the uh, long story short, my show is the Suffolk Comic and Art Expo. It is now going to be a two day show annually once everything gets clear with COVID called Creator Con because, you know, with me, my celebrities are the creators of comics. Um, and but then I resurrected the Suffolk Comic and Art Expo for this very small, intimate show. Uh, so I have them going on. But because of Creator Con, I decided I'm going to start my own live stream interviewing a lot of the major artists and writers and, and everything creators that I get at my conventions. So I call it Creator Con Q&A, and it simulcasts on YouTube, uh, my Creator Con event Facebook page, and my personal Facebook page, Philip Rosser. So how do you, um, well, how did you decide, I'm just going to just start asking asking people stuff? Is it more like a panel? Is it more like a show? What's, what's the format of it? Uh, well, I mean, primarily it's an interview, but I, I like to pride myself on the fact that it's, it's, it's more informal. It's not very stuffy. I know a lot of them can can be overwhelming an hour or two of sitting there listening to question, answer, question, answer. So we have a lot of chat inter, uh, interaction. You know, the, the fans that come in, the good thing about my show is you're not just watching someone draw and hoping that they see your answer. I really get everybody involved. So in a time where you can't see them across the table at a convention, you can talk directly to Eric Larson and, and you know, uh, I've had a ton of people, Scott Hanna and Sean Chen and, and people like that. You know, if these are fan, you're a fan of them, longtime fan, and you appreciate their work, you ask the question and I bring it to them right there and they answer you directly. So it may not be the same as being across the table, but it's the next best thing to a, a virtual experience without paying. It's free. So why not? 
And how do you manage to have the interview and manage the, the Q&A and the panels and all the different uh, media outlets that you're on at the same time? Well, I mean, it's it's really not hard. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good at multitasking, but uh, I mean, you you do it on a much more professional level than I do. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you just wear a lot of hats and you just have to be able to, to moderate and control the environment and, the, and what's going on. And I wasn't a very good tech person, but I'm learning. And I'm one of those guys that just jumps in the pool and says, let's see if I can swim, which frustrates my wife, but it tends to work for me. So... <laughs> And one of the things I want to mention on the CreatorCon Q&A is that not only do you have the quote-unquote big-name artists, but you also do a focus on a lot of smaller guys. Um, yes. was, that a, 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 was that a plan from the beginning, or is that something that, that kind of organically formed as you went along? That's actually an awesome question. My goal from the beginning was to do the show to give exposure to the up-and-coming, uh, hardworking, hungry uh, creators in the industry that are trying to get a Kickstarter off the ground or just trying to make some art, get some art commissions, things like that. Uh, and I, that was, that was always my goal. Uh, I got the quote unquote more well-known household names, you know, the bigger names, uh, because let's face it, they don't really need to be on the interview. You know, they're doing it cause I know them or whatever, but they don't need the help, but they come on to get viewership up so that when that indie person comes on, I'm not talking to just two people for them because I'm not helping them if the exposure is two people. I'm helping them if the exposure is 1,600 people. Right. And we've been fortunate to get anywhere from 500 to 1,600 views per episode uh, because I've been bringing in some of the bigger names. I've garnered attention around the show so that I can help those indie guys and gals, you know, get attention. So what kind of a schedule do you have for the show? Is it on every day? Is it on every other day? Is it whenever well, the hell you feel like it? What? Is, how does that work? Well, it's it's supposed to be Tuesdays and Fridays. <laughs> it's supposed at 10 to be. PM, but I have a problem saying no to to people. For example, I I, I had booked. Uh, I, there was so much interest. I was I was very appreciative and grateful and humbled that I started this in the last week of July. I wound up booking all the way through March. I mean, right away, I boom, I was booked. And I was like, wow. And that was between uh, up and coming people and major names. But then I'll get requests saying, hey, I've got this Kickstarter campaign. It's ending in nine days and I haven't made my, my, my goal yet and things like that. Can you get me on? And I really don't want to say, I'm sorry, no, I'm booked for the week or the month. So I wind up adding shows all the time, make a third show in a week or whatever, and uh, trying to help them. Uh, so I, so I, I, it's supposed to be Tuesday and Friday, but I'll be honest <laughs> with you, when I add shows, God knows, it's it's a crapshoot. Um, would it be easier, as a, as a side suggestion, to do like a a quote unquote big name and then have a smaller name on the same show? That way, you I can add people to that show. I thought about that. And the problem with that is the big names, I usually schedule it to be an hour show, but they always go over sometimes <laughs> to two hours because people are engaged. They're asking questions and, you know, I'll be looking to, okay, let's wrap this up. But then I get a flood of questions from the chats, you know, fans wanting to talk to them. And I don't want to cut that connection off. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, ruin that fan experience. And I certainly don't want to cut off the exposure or the interaction with the guests that I have on. So it winds up being an hour and 45 minutes, sometimes two, two and a half hours. 
Um, I'd love to learn how to edit so I can segment it and make it a little more uh, palatable for viewers because I know two and a half hours can be a lot. Uh, I don't expect everybody to sit through every show. You know, they catch 15 minutes here, they catch 20 minutes there. Um, so I need your editing skills. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure I am far worse than you when it comes to technology and editing. Trust me on that. <laughs> well, if that's the case, you at least have a great cast of people working with you. So yeah, shout, shout out to my editor. Yeah, I know you're listening or you will be listening. <laughs> um, so let's do the, uh, the social media stuff. So where can people find out all your, uh, links and stuff? Now's the time. Well, uh, I will say the easiest thing, to be honest with you, is I have a link tree link that goes to my Suffolk Comic and Art Expo website, my CreatorCon website, the YouTube channel, which I'd love for everybody to subscribe, subscribe to, and the Facebook places you can see the videos, uh, the, uh, the uh, show. So it's HTTP colon slash slash, and then it's link TR period EE forward slash CreatorCon event. So it's link tr.ee forward slash creator con event. And that will take you to whatever website or the YouTube that you want to go to. It's real simple. Click and then one more click. Oh. Um, is there anybody who you haven't interviewed yet that you want to? I mean, besides the big guys like Todd McFarlane and, and Jim Lee, um, Yes. Uh, there's a lot, my God. There's so <laughs> well, Just name one who's like, this, uh, this is the one that I can retire after I talk to this guy. Well, then it would have to be Todd McFarlane or, you know, or Rob Liefeld, those, you know, or Jim Lee or, or Frank Miller, those four. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, we just to toot my own horn, because you mentioned we had our own little half hour Todd McFarlane interview. Very nice guy. Awesome. Um, so we're almost out of time. So we're going to do a final thought. Do you have any final thoughts you want to share with people right now? Um, if it's okay, I also want to let everybody know that I am now an art agent and art rep. Uh, it's Legendary Illustrations, and we're getting up the infrastructure up and running right now. Um, if you can, soon it'll be up on a Facebook. It'll be B Legendary Illustrations. And on Instagram, it's uh, illust uh, legendary.illustrations. I have some amazing artists that will be uh, putting up their artwork uh, that will be for sale and commissions. And if you're a publisher and you want to, you need a creative team. I have an awesome colorist and awesome sequ some sequential artists. I have a letterer, um, you name it. So that's my big project. Other than that, please keep an eye out for the Suffolk Comic and Art Expo that is postponed now to March. It's either the 7th or the 14th. I will give updates based on uh, what date is solidified. And we've had, we're going to have Billy Tucci and Larry Stroman and Keith Williams and Sean Chen and, and Ronnie Ramos and a bunch of people there, as well as some great local talent and a bunch of comic book vendors. And it came from the radio. We'll be free press there as well. Oh, well, thank you for that. Um, so, yeah, we we're almost out of time. So I want to do a quick, a quick 30 second uh, explanation. What is an art agent? So that way people will know. Well, I'm basically representing them as far as their art sales, uh, get, trying to get them work, uh, trying to give them exposure things like that. So I will have a central hub website where you can go see and purchase anything that's selling prints or original art, et cetera. I basically, it's what it is. I represent them in the business world to try to assist them because they don't like to do the management part of things. They just want to draw, which is right. And that's great. They should. So they do the creative part. I handle all the managing and the, and the business side of things. Oh, so you're, you're the guy now. You're now the guy. 
Yes. <laughs> so as the guy, I want to wish you much continuing success. We're almost out of time. So I want to thank you for being a guest on the show. Much continuing success. And we're looking forward to having you back on when stuff is back on track. Um, so that's it uh, for our Huey. That's it for this segment. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. If we came from the radio. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for... My comic book pick of the week. Certainly, of all the themes I've ever played to <clears throat> work my way into the pick of the week, that one probably everyone must know. But in case you don't, it's Linus and Lucy from the Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown Christmas special. Why did I pick that theme? Because I'm talking about Peanuts this week, the comic Peanuts. Um, also, we're now fully into the holiday season. What a great way to start off the pick of the week, but with a a holiday song. Um, it is, little known fact, my favorite holiday song, Linus and Lucy by um, uh, Vince Guaraldi, I believe. Um, great song, love it. Anyway, the pick of the week this week specifically is Peanuts, Where Beagles Dare. And as always, let me read to you from the back of the book. Snoopy, the World War I flying ace, is on holiday in France, but his leave is cut short when he's recruited for, for a top-secret mission. Snoopy must dodge his way through no man's land, go deep behind enemy territory, and battle the Red Baron in the blackened skies above. Will Snoopy ever return home to quaff a few root beers with Woodstock and have dinner with Charlie Brown? Find out in the original graphic novel featuring Charles M. Schultz beloved Peanuts characters, and starring Snoopy in Where Beagles Dare. Now, obviously, this came out in 2015, so Mr. Schultz has had passed away by then. It was written by Jason Cooper. The pencils were by Vicki Scott. The inks were by Paige Braddock. Colors by Whitney Kogar. Letters and post-production by Donna Almandrala. Sorry. And Dennis St. John. Uh, so it's it came out in 2015 specifically as a tie-in to the Peanuts movie that came out at the same time. Um, look, it's it's Peanuts, it's Snoopy, it's Charlie Brown, it's adorable, it's perfect for this time of year. Okay, it's as simple as that. There's no more better reason for right now to recommend this as the pick of the week, other than we're in the holiday season, probably one of the toughest years anyone's ever had. And maybe you and the family will just enjoy reading something that's cute, lighthearted, wholesome, 
And uh, as I record this, it is Thanksgiving Day, so I always think of Snoopy and the Snoopy um, balloon in the parade, which I didn't even watch the parade this year because of 2020 and COVID. So it brings back good feelings and memories for me, and I think it will for you too, because like I said, it's Snoopy. Snoopy's awesome. Who doesn't love Snoopy? Little known fact, my own comic, uh, Herbert the Fish, and new tricks on my website, Fishy Sarcasm, those are heavily influenced by Charles Schultz and the Peanuts model of just like a panel of two people talking. So I loved Peanuts as a kid. I love it now. I love the comics. And I think you will too. That's the pick of the week. You can get it anywhere. Just type Google Peanuts Where Beagles Dare. You can get it from Simon & Schuster, Amazon, a million places. And it's only $10. So please enjoy. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... Logic clearly dictates that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. So be safe and be healthy. Take care. Hey, it's Marissa Jade, your favorite mob wife, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our website, www.itcamefromtheradio.com. Listen to archives we up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as btdradio.com, goodtalkradio.com, or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio. Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast. <laughs>